0: ladies to talk about ladies conference i'm just going to tell you get with some ladies that went to ladies conference and ask them about it is that all right uh just the word is turning in my spirit and um, i've enjoyed the reports i've heard regarding the time in the ministry there in ladies conference and so praise god praise god if you would grab your bible Exodus chapter 3, I mentioned maybe bringing a pen or pencil and a notepad. Um, Sometimes that can be good. Sometimes that can be bad. Um, I'm a doodler. Anybody in here a doodler when you have a notepad in your hand? Okay, I am. And so sometimes when I'm taking notes, I can doodle and get distracted. And so I miss what I'm supposed to be getting. And so um, if you're a distracted note taker, then don't don't take notes. Just go back and listen on the podcast or on YouTube and then sit down and take the notes. Um, and I'll, I'll share out the scriptures that I'm going to use tonight so you can have them if you want to go back that way. Uh, but if you take notes and you're engaged and that engages you, do that too. So whatever works for you. But if you find, man, I don't know, I missed a lot of stuff because I was taking notes, then don't take notes. Hey, man. I just want to dive right in. The book of Exodus, chapter 3, familiar chapter to many of us, starting with verse number 4. And when the Lord saw, Well, let's just go back to verse 1, sorry, to those guys back there. Verse 1. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Oreb. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush, and he looked. And behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. Most of us have heard of Moses and the burning bush. Where well, here we are. The bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. Why the bush is not burnt. You understand, it was not strange for him to see burning bushes in the middle of the desert. What was supernatural to him that caught his attention about this is this bush was burning, but it was not consumed. It continued to burn. And the bush was still there. And he's like, Moses was aware of the supernatural. And so he turned aside to see. Verse 4, and when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, here am I. Now, it's an interesting way that this is written here. It says, and when the Lord saw, then it says, God called to him, right? Is is there any question or any concerns about whether the Lord is one entity and god is another one are we under we're on the same page we recognize the lord that saw and the god that called are one and the same we're we, we okay with, yeah okay good it's it's interesting when you look at it in the hebrew the word lord there is where we get the word jehovah from jehovah and the word god there is elohim um, and there's some confusion sometimes because elohim is The plural. But if you look at that in the Hebrew, it says very clearly that it is plural intensive, but it is of singular meaning. What does that mean? It means the plural is to add emphasis to it, but the meaning is singular. Some would take Elohim and say that means there's multiplicity of God or God is in multiple persons. That's not what Elohim means. You will never get a Hebrew scholar to tell you that's what Elohim means. And so, we see Jehovah Elohim. Jehovah saw Elohim called. This is important. All right? So, here he is having this God is speaking to Moses at this burning bush. He's talking to him. Verse 5, and the Lord said to him, this is who's speaking, draw not Nigh hither, but put off your shoes from your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I've seen the affliction of my people in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. And the Lord God begins to tell Moses, I've heard the cry. I've seen their affliction. I'm going to deliver them. I'm going to send you to do this. You're the one. I'm the God of your fathers, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I'm the same God, the one that you turned aside because you were arrested by the supernatural. It's that same God, the very one, speaking to you, Moses. And I'm speaking to you about your responsibility that I'm going to use you for to deliver people from bondage and sin and bring them out. And Moses said, skip all the way down to verse 13. I mean, I would think at this point, you're like, whatever, God. I mean, mean, right? You saw a bush burning, you stopped and you looked, and God revealed himself and began talking to you. Anybody ever had that happen? Okay, just checking. I don't mean God talking to you. I trust that's happened, but I mean, like... (laughs) From a burning. And God said to Moses, or verse 13, and Moses said to God, Behold, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me unto you, and they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? an interesting question, isn't it? When they say, what's his name? What do I say? I want you to notice God's response. Verse 14. And God, Elohim, Mm -hmm. yes, Yes, said to Moses, I am that I am. And he said, thus shalt thou say to the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. Guess that. Verse 15. And God said, moreover to Moses, you shall say to the children of Israel, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob hath sent me unto you. This is my name forever. And this is my memorial unto all generations. I want to talk just a few minutes tonight about I am that I am. Now, to the Hebrew children, they know and understand clearly that the Lord God is from everlasting to everlasting. He is eternally existent. He has no beginning. He has no end. You believe that? I believe that. He is eternal. And so this declaration, I am that I am, notice he didn't say, I almost said I is. (laughs) Failed English. Sorry, Sister Priscilla. She's an English teacher. Um, He didn't say, I was, I will be. I am that I am. What he was declaring is he is that he is eternally existent. He doesn't have a beginning. He doesn't have an end. This is why he can affect your past. To you and I, we live in time. God does not exist only in time. He exists in time, but he exists beyond time. He existed before there was time, and when time ceases to end, He will still exist. He is eternal. This is why He is from everlasting to everlasting. And so when He declared to Moses, you tell them, I am, that I am, He was declaring to them, the eternally existent one sent me. The one that always is. How is it that He can work in your past? Well, because He is. How is it he can affect the outcome of your future? Because to you and I, it's our future, but to him, it's his present. He is. He is the eternally existent. It doesn't mean when I get there, he'll be there with me. I mean that's true, but he's already there. I, we, we can't wrap our minds around that. I, I, I can't. But he exists. We look forward to tomorrow. God does not know tomorrow. He is. He exists. Throughout the time. I'm not trying to convince you. I'm trying to make sure we can, in some small way, go, wow, I, I, I just can't even grasp it. But yes, I believe, I believe he's eternally existent. And that gives us peace. It gives me peace. How can he heal me of my past? I can't go back. Right. But he exists in my past. So he can heal it and so he said you tell them i am that i am has sent me unto you why did he send to deliver to set free to break bonds all right so now fast forward with me to the book of john we're going to spend the rest of our time together tonight in the book of john i feel a need my spirit here of recent. Some of you may remember a couple of Thursday nights ago, we did what I call the high-level overview of Old Testament types and shadows of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Remember that? And we walked rather quickly through a lot of those, pointed to places in scripture, but then charged you to now, if you want to study and you're like, I don't know where to study. I never know where to study. I want to, but We gave you a lot of stuff that you can go back and begin to study in the Word of God regarding those Old Testament types and shadows of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's critical that we know what the Bible says. But it's also critical that we know what the Bible says because we study. Paul said we should study to show ourselves approved, not to men. We should study to show ourselves approved unto God a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So my and your pursuit of study in the scripture is not to prove anything to men. We study to show ourselves approved unto God. And so I feel this responsibility as of recent to share some things with us in the word of God that we will not exhaust by any means. But I'm believing will provoke you and I to more study. Give you enough to whet your appetite to say, man, I want to dig into that more. I want to read broader than we just got in a 30 or 45 minutes on Thursday night. And so encouraging us to do that. So we're going to go through some of the scriptures in the book of John tonight. And we're going to see a thread throughout the book of John. John was very different than the other gospels, right? Right. John's writing was all about revealing Christ to the world. His books were about revealing who Christ was. It's why he started John 1 and 1, in the beginning. He started back at the beginning of time. He was starting where man started. In the beginning, God created the heaven. That's Genesis. John said, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He said in verse 14, and the word or God was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. Whose glory? God's glory. We beheld his glory as of the only begotten of the father. Right now, he was wanting to reveal who Christ was. You can read in first John chapter one. He starts again in the beginning. He was, John was consumed with people knowing who Christ really was. And he talked about, we've seen him with our eyes, our hand of handled of the word of life. That's what John said in 1 John 1 and 1. And then you read the book of Revelation, which of course was written by John. And John, you know why it's called the book of Revelation, right? It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. You knew that, right? Okay. Go study. It's in there. That's why he called it the the book of Revelation. It was the revealing of Jesus Christ. John was consumed, I believe, and no, without a doubt. It was the Spirit of God that consumed him with, if I have one purpose in my life, it is my purpose to reveal Christ to a world. And so all of his writing points to Christ. And so you're going to see that and who he was. And so we're going to run through a thread in the book of John. We're not going to exhaust it. And we could go a lot more if we started going into 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. And if we went into Revelation, you see it again and again and again and again. But we're going to see this thread, and you're going to see why we started in Exodus. Because the Old Testament points to Christ. Jesus said... Search the scriptures. Well, when he said that, he was speaking of the Old Testament. That's the only scriptures that existed when he made the statement. He said to them of religious persuasion, Search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And they, what are they? They are the scriptures. They are they which testify of me, Jesus said. When he was walking with the men on the road to Emmaus, he began to expound to them the scriptures. And he told them of the law and the prophets and the Psalms. Luke writing said this, the law and the prophet and the Psalms, they testify of him. And so we see John trying to reveal him to us. We see the Old Testament. We see John revealing him in the new. So let's dive right in. John chapter number six, starting with verse 35. And I'm going to jump down, gentlemen that are back there flipping scriptures. So... Here we go. John 6 and 35. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that comes to me shall never hunger, and he that believes on me shall never thirst. Skip down to verse 41. I think that's the one I want. Yeah, the Jews then murmured at him because he said, I am. The bread which came down from him. Notice the reason the Jews have issue is you'll see this as we begin through these thread in the book of John. Jesus is using these "I am" statements, and the way that he's using them and his declaration of them. Every time he's using it, it's pointing back to this Old Testament declaration to Moses: "Who do you say sent me? I am that I am hath sent me." When they ask you, tell them, I am. And so we see John trying to reveal him to us through I am statements that Jesus made. And that's what we're going to look at briefly here. So verse 41, the Jews, why are they murmuring? They're murmuring because he said, I am. That's what the issue was. I am the bread which came down from heaven. Skip down to verse 48. He goes on. He says again, I am that bread of life." Skip down to verse 51. I just want you to see this. "I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live for forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world." He said, I am the bread. John chapter 8, verse number 12. We see other statements he makes. John 8 and 12, then spake Jesus again to them saying, I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Again, it is an I am statement that Jesus is making, but he goes further. Now, when he talks about the light, Anytime a Jew hears Jesus talking about light, talking about light of life, they go all the way back to the beginning of creation. And they go to Genesis 1 and 3, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. You understand, this is what John was trying to reveal in John 1 when he said, He's the light that lighteth every man that entereth into the world. Jesus is now declaring In John 8, John records the words that Jesus said that John was recording about him in John 1. I'm the light of the world. He that follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And so the Jews are hearing this. They're hearing the I am statement. They're hearing the statements of him being the light of life. And they're going, hold on a minute. Who's he making himself out to be? John was seeking to reveal who he was. He was God manifested in the flesh. Verse on 12. Skip down to verse 24. I said, therefore, unto you... Oh, no, let's go to verse um, 23. And He said to them, You are from beneath. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. I said therefore unto you that you shall die in your sins. I want you to watch this statement that he makes, the Lord Jesus Christ makes here. For if you believe not what? That I am. Anybody got a Bible there in your hand? Or on your phone? See that word he, if you believe not that I am he? How many of you in your Bible, the word he is in italics? You know why it's in italics? Because it wasn't there. What Jesus literally said is, for if you believe not that I am. You shall die in your sins. John was trying to reveal him to the world and taking the words he spoke, the literal declaration of Jesus Christ here. This is why I'm telling you, I'm just giving you stuff. You go dig and study. Go look at it in the Greek. The word he wasn't there. I mean, get any Bible to tell you the reason they put it in italics is because it's added for readability, they say. And that's okay, that can help. But we need to recognize what the Lord Jesus Christ was saying. This is a critical scripture right here. This is a very critical scripture. If you believe not that I am, you will die in your sins. You know what that tells me? It's really important to recognize and believe that Jesus Christ was the I am. That's, right. yeah. That's what John was bringing us to. Let's go a little further. Verse 28. Then said Jesus to them, when you have lifted up the son of man, then shall you know what? Is he in your Bible again? How many of you have he in italics in your Bible? Raise your hand. Yeah. Jesus is declaring, "When you've lifted up the Son of Man, when you put him on the cross, then you'll know I am." It's the reason the Roman soldier, when he died, said, "Truly, this man was the Son of God, or is the Son." Of man. Jesus said, "When you've lifted me up, you'll know I am. You'll know. You'll get the revelation. If you haven't got it now, you'll get the revelation. I am." And I do nothing of myself, but as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things. Verse 56, skip down. There's a lot of arguing going on between him and the religious at this point throughout all of chapter 8. We didn't read it all for sake of time. You can go read it and study. Let's... um, Go to verse 56. So he's carrying on about him. He's telling them, you're of your father, the devil. And they're like, we have Abraham, our father. He said, you know, if Abraham was your father, they're going on and on back and forth. And finally, Jesus says to them in verse 56, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it and he was glad. And the Jews said to him in verse 57... You are not yet 50 years old. Now, here's what this tells me. They were seeing with their natural eye. And they were hearing with their natural ear. And they were reasoning with human reasoning. Because the Jews are going, hold on a minute. What you're telling us doesn't resonate. Because you're telling us our father, Abraham, who's dead and buried and gone... Rejoice to see your day. And you're not even 50. How did you see Abraham and how did he see you? And notice Jesus' response. Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, any time you see a word in Scripture repeated twice, it's for emphasis. Verily, verily, or of truth of truth, I say to you, before Abraham was, I Am. Notice, he did not say, before Abraham was, I was. That's right. He said, before Abraham was, I am. He was declaring himself to be God. Why do you think verse 59 shows us the response? Then they took up stones to cast at him. Why? Because he said, I am. And when they heard, I am, their mind went all the way back to the day that Moses, they'd heard that their whole lives, right? The story of Moses coming to Egypt, Moses, their greatest prophet. And so they heard this story and Moses had declared, I am that I am has sent me. The God of your father, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob Hath sent me unto you, the I am. And here he's saying, your father, Abraham, rejoiced to see my day before Abraham was I am. We need to know who Jesus is. He is the great I am. John chapter 10. I won't read for sake of time. You can go read it. John 10, verses 7 and 9, he declares, I am the door. John 10, 11 and 14, he declares, I am the good shepherd. John 11 and 25, he declares what shook many to the core. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. I have a question for you. How can someone who's dead believe? you believe that verse? So clearly, he's speaking spiritually, isn't he? He's not talking about physically being dead. Now, we know he raised Lazarus from the dead, but Lazarus believed in him before he died. He that believeth in me, though he were dead... Yet shall he live. Now that doesn't mean all of us are coming back after four days like Lazarus did. But if we believe that he is the I am, the resurrection, he's the life. If we believe that, one day a trumpet will sound. And the dead in Christ will rise first. And then we which are alive and remain will be caught up together to meet the Lord In the air. Amen. I am. He's the I am. John 13. Let's read there. Verse 12. This is at the Passover with his disciples, what's often referred to as the Last Supper. He's washed their feet. Verse 12. So after he had washed their feet and had taken his garments and was set down again, he said to them, Know you what I have done to you. Verse 13. You call me. Notice the words he used. You call me master and Lord. All of the disciples were Jews. When they called him Lord, they knew exactly what they were saying. He said, you call me master and Lord. You say, Well, for so I am. I am. He's the I am. I know this is simple tonight, but we need to see this throughout the Word of God. We need a revelation afresh and anew of who Jesus is. He is the great I am. John chapter 14 and verse number 6. Many could quote this verse. Jesus said to him, I am the way. He didn't say, I am a way. I'm one of the ways. I could be a way. I am the way. And it's understood, though not repeated. He could have just as easily said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. We'd already read that in John 11. He said, I'm the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. If Watch what he says. If you had known me you should have known my Father also. And from henceforth, you know Him. And what? And, And you've seen who? Is that what Jesus just said? If you knew me, this is why knowing Him is so important. If you knew me, you should have known my Father also. And from henceforth you know him, and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it will satisfy us, or it sufficeth us. Verse 9, Jesus said to him, to Philip, Uh Have I been so long time with you, and yet have you not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how do you say then, show us the Father? He goes further. He again begins to talk about believing. Verse 10. Do you not believe or believest thou not that I am in the Father? And, he didn't stop there, the Father's in me. Now, I know these are scriptures many of you know, but sometimes we read through the Word of God so quickly that we miss the simplicity of revelation that's written in the Word of God. Do you recognize what Jesus just said? Philip, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Don't you believe, Philip, that I'm in the Father? Now, some may say, oh, yes, I believe that Jesus was in the Father. But Jesus didn't stop there. He said, don't you believe that I'm in the Father? And don't you believe that the Father is in me? So who's in who here? Is that a fair question? Who's in who? Jesus is in the Father, and the Father is in Jesus, because He is the I am. They're not competing for position, they're not competing for place. They is He. There's no they, <laughs> it's He. I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. He said, don't you believe that, Philip? The words that I speak to you, I don't speak of myself, but the Father that dwells... Where does the Father dwell? Who is Him? Jesus. Jesus. The Father dwells in me. He does the works. Then He repeats Himself, but now instead of a question, it's a declaration. Verse 11... Believe me that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me. But if you're struggling to believe that, then believe me for the very work's sake. What you're doing, the things you're seeing done, you know only God could do. That's what he's saying. What verse was I on? 11, 12. Okay, we'll stop there. I could keep reading. You can keep reading. That's study for you. I am. John chapter 15. You can read it. He said, I am the vine. I am the true vine. We see these I am statements. John 18. you see seen this? I told you, I want you to see the thread through the book of John. John was trying to reveal... John was not confused about who Jesus was. He was the I Am. John 18, verse 3. Just a couple more places we'll finish tonight. Judas then... Having received a band of men and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, come thither with lanterns and torches and weapons. So we're in the garden of Gethsemane now. Jesus is there praying. Judas is showing up with a band of chief priests, Pharisees, some others with torches and weapons. Verse 4, Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that should come upon him, went forth and said to them, Whom seek ye? Verse 5, they answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said unto them, I am. Again, I know it says he, but third time's the charm in your Bible. I guarantee you he is in italics in your Bible. You can double check just in case. Who's was that it? Jesus said to them, I am. And Judas also, which betrayed him, stood with them. Now, watch verse six. I want you to notice verse six. As soon then as he said unto them, "I am," again he's added. It's in italics in your Bible. As soon then as he said unto them, "I am," they went backward and fell to the ground. And I feel the power of God right. Then ask he them again, Whom seek ye? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Now, isn't that interesting? He told them, I am. And as soon as he said that, they fell back to the ground. And they realized, hold on a minute. We have underestimated who this is. And so he asked them again, who do you seek? And again, they said, Jesus, Nazareth. Jesus answered, I have told you that I am. If you seek me, let these go their way. I point back to John 8 and 28 when Jesus said, Except you believe that I am, you will die in your sins. We have to recognize who Jesus is. He's not a different I am than the I am that we read in Exodus chapter 3. I know this is basic, but we need to know what we believe and what the Word of God says. The same, it's why we started with verse 4 in Exodus 3. The Lord Jehovah saw. God Elohim spoke. Same Lord, same God said, I am. And Jesus Christ declared multiple times, I am. Very clearly, he said, except you believe, I am. Very clearly, he said, before Abraham was, I am. He was not declaring himself to be another person in the Godhead. He was declaring himself to be God manifest in the flesh. That's why the Jews had issue with him. That's why they wanted to destroy him. Because he said, I am. Finish here. Exodus 3 and 4, we read, the Lord saw, and God said from the bush. Here's a beautiful passage in John 20, verse 26. Why don't you stand with me? Please. John 20 and verse 26. I think that's where I want to go. Yeah. After eight days again, now Jesus has died, been buried, has risen again from the dead. He's showing himself to different ones. He had showed up at a room at one time where the doors were closed. He walked in, revealed himself to the disciples there, but Thomas wasn't there. And after eight days again, his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the middle, or midst of them, and said, Peace be unto you. Verse 27, Then he said to Thomas, Reach hither your finger, and behold my hands. Right, Because Thomas had declared, I'll not believe unless I can put my hand in his finger and my hand in his side. So Jesus, knowing he'd said that, said, "Reach hither your finger and behold my hands, and reach hither your hand, thrust it into my side, and don't be faithless, but believing." There's the call to believing in Him again. Believing. Watch Thomas's response to Jesus telling him, "You need to be believing." And Thomas answered and said unto him, "My Jesus." Mm-hmm. Oh no, that's not what he said, is it? What did he say? This Hebrew man saw the risen Savior and he said, My Lord, my Jehovah, and my God, my Elohim. He recognized who he was. You you understand, it was the very Thomas, it was the very same one that we read in John 8 that it was Thomas that said, We don't know where you are, where you're going. He was struggling to know. Jesus said, Yes, you do. You know who I am. I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. It was Thomas he was telling that to in John 8. Go read it. But now it's Thomas after the resurrection that has trouble believing. He wanted to believe he was, but you say you're saying Thomas just got the revelation that he was Lord and God? Hear me. Thomas declared what he knew was coming, but he hadn't believed it fully until this moment. What do I mean by that? The Jews lived looking for the Messiah to come. Their clear understanding, if you talk to any believing Jew that studies the Scripture, is that when Messiah comes, it is not another person in a Godhead. It is the one true God coming and manifesting himself among men. They are waiting for the fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy that he would come. Isaiah 9 and 6, for unto us, who's us, us is the house of Israel, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. Who's that talking about? There's no question about that, is there? And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name, what's his name going to be? His name will be called Wonderful. His name will be Counselor. Whose name? The name of the child that's born. The name of the son that's given. What's his name going to be? It's going to be Counselor. It's going to be the Mighty God. Whoa, 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 hold on a minute. The child is the Mighty God? That's what Scripture says. Not only is he the Mighty God, he is the, what? Everlasting Father. This is what the Jews are waiting on. The child, the son that's coming, they understand it's not another person in a Godhead. It is God himself manifested in the flesh. He would come. This is why the disciples ask in Acts chapter one, Will you at this time restore your kingdom to Israel? They were looking, they knew he's going to establish an earthly kingdom. So when Thomas declared in John 20, And verse number 28, my Lord and my God. He was declaring, I finally see what I've been looking for. You are the one. You are the Messiah. You are the one we've waited for. You are the I am. You are the one true living God. You are my Lord, Jehovah, and my God, Elohim. You are my Lord and my God. It's Jesus with his disciples at Caesarea Philippi asking them the question Who do men say that I am? Some say you're Elias, some say Jeremiah, some John the Baptist, others. Jesus asked the question that we must all answer. But who do you say I am? And Peter said, you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. Jesus said, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. You didn't figure this out with some human intellectualism some great knowledge and study in your own abilities but this was revealed to you this revelation of who i was came to you by my father that's what he said it's revealed by my father which is in heaven now this is important you got to take the whole of scripture some would say, well, see, right there, he said the Father revealed it, and the Father was in heaven, and he was on a. But we just read, he said, I'm in the Father, and the Father's in me. Revelation comes. He is the I Am. He is the I Am. The Scripture declares to us, when you read, that when Christ returns, not for His church, but when He comes for the second coming, All right, when He returns for His church, the catching away of the bride, the catching away of the church, we often call that the rapture. Um, I call it catching away because rapture is not a word in Scripture. I don't mind if you use that word. The, the Greek can interpret rapture. But That's not the second coming of the Lord. Some of you have heard me say this, but it's important to understand the Scripture. The catching away of the church is not the second coming of the Lord, okay? In Acts chapter 1, the angel stood with those after Christ ascended and said, this same Jesus will come in like manner as you have seen him go, all right? His second coming is when he comes to the earth the second time. We okay with that? Yeah. Study the scripture. When he catches away the church, he's not coming to the earth to catch away the church. I think we quoted it earlier. The scripture says the trumpet will sound, the dead in Christ will rise first, and we which are alive and remain will be caught up together with them that's the dead to meet the Lord. Where are we going to meet him? In the, in the air. So he's not coming back to the earth. We're going to be caught up and meet him in the air. All right? The second coming is when he comes and he sets down his feet right back on the mount where he ascended from. But when he comes then, it will be the beginning of his millennial reign. Again, that's another Bible study for another time. But he will, And we, the saints of the Most High God, will come with him. That's the second coming. And at the second coming, the Jews will look on him, the Bible says. They will look on him whom they've pierced. And they will say, what are these wounds in your hands and in your feet? And he will declare to them, these are the wounds I received in the house of my friends. And they will realize he was the, I am when he said, I am, he meant it. He is the, I am. I'm telling you the, I am is in this room right now. I feel the richness of his spirit. Come on. Would you talk to him and open your spirit to him tonight? Say, God, reveal yourself to me in greater measure. I want to know you as you desire to be known. I want to know you as you desire to be known. I want to know you as you desire to be known. Not according to religious tradition, but I want to know you as you desire to be known i want to know you in the fellowship of your suffering i want to know you in the power of your resurrection i want to know you the way you want to be known the revealing of yourself to us as the i am the living god i worship you father i pray your spirit of revelation ministering and working in the hearts and the lives of every individual in this room tonight. I pray the spirit of revelation operating in the soul, the mind, and the spirit of whosoever will allow you to reach in and show yourself in the name of Jesus, I pray. In the name of Jesus, I pray, open our understanding to see beyond the shadow of a doubt. Who you are, who you are, who you are, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. We seek your face, Lord. We seek your face, Lord. We seek your face, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, by your word and by your spirit. By your word and by your spirit. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Let's see you for who you are. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank You, Lord. 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 Praise God. The book of Revelation I said at the outset, Understand that Revelation is filled with prophecy. Understand that Revelation is filled with much of end time, but we must not miss the purpose of the Book of Revelation. It's revealed in the very first sentence. It says the revelation of Jesus Christ. Yeah. The revelation of Jesus Christ. Which God gave unto him to show to his servants things which must shortly come to pass. He sent and signified it. You can read verse eight and nine of the first chapter. In your Bible, if you have a red letter Bible, it will be in red. It indicates, of course, that Jesus Christ is speaking. He declares, I am Alpha and Omega. I am the beginning and the ending. Says who? Who's talking? In Isaiah, the Lord God declared, I'm the first and the last, and beside me there's none other. And here Jesus is declaring, I am Alpha and Omega. I'm the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord. Which is, and which was, and which is to come. He didn't say the I am, did he? Well, he said, I am Alpha and Omega. But here he says, which is and was and is to come. Why would he say it that way now? Because he's trying to reveal who he is. And who could say they were and was and is to come? Christ, when he was manifest in the flesh. But notice he didn't stop there. He had two other words to say The Almighty. How many Almighties can there be? There can only be one Almighty. The I Am that Moses declared is the I am that walked the earth for approximately 33 and a half years. He's the same God. He's the same God. Amen. Could we thank him right now before we go tonight? Father, we worship you. We magnify you. We lift up your name. We give you honor and glory and praise. Thank you for the revelation of your word, the revelation of who you are. I pray, let us search the scriptures. Let us search the scriptures. Let us search the scriptures that testify of you. They all point to you. Moses, the Psalms, the prophets, they all point to you, Jesus. They all reveal you, the mighty God in Christ, to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world, Unto himself. Thank you, Lord, for this revelation. Thank you, Lord, for this revelation. Thank you for this understanding. You that know me know I could keep going and going and going and going, and I won't. And everybody said, praise God. But once you see and know who he is. You see him everywhere in the word. This is why Paul told the church at Corinth to wit that God was in Christ. Why was God in Christ? Because God was reconciling the world unto himself. He wasn't reconciling the world to a second person. He was reconciling the world to himself. God was in Christ. That's why Paul to the church at Colossians said, in Christ, speaking of Christ, in him Christ dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Amen. God bless you. Greet someone. Search the scriptures.